Welcome to This is What Democracy Sounds Like. I'm Kevin Prang. This program is a presentation of Metropolitan Congregations United. We want to invite you and your congregation to join us in Dancing in the Streets on May 19th at the 2022 MCU Fundraising Gala, featuring dinner, dancing, organizing, fundraising, and community building. You can purchase tickets at tinyurl slash mcugala or find us on Facebook or Twitter for the link. To prepare you for the evening's celebration of creating a better life for all residents of the St. Louis region, today we'll hear what MCU means to our organizers and supporters. Without their dedicated effort, none of this work would be possible. If you're ready to stand beside them, join us on May 19th at the Polish Heritage Center for Dancing in the Streets. Today, my guest is Barbara Johnson, a former parents' teacher, ed- educator, and an organizer with MCU Education Task Force. So how did you learn about MCU and why did you decide to take that step to become involved? So MCU was when I was in my, um, I belonged to um, Our Lady of the Holy Cross and then we merged with um, with Holy Cross and there was an organizer already uh, working in, in that church. And I was asked to be a part of whatever, whatever thing was going on. We had a lot going on in our church community that needed help. So those were the issues we were working on at first. So that's how I got involved because my church was involved. It, it churches do a lot of things and, yes. it, and, you know, from feeding people to collecting money, things along those lines. What, but the MCU is a bit different. Can you talk about how, what drew you to sort of the different work that MCU does as opposed to just collecting clothes for? Because I am a strong activist and I have seen and experienced a lot of negativity in, in all walks of my life, not just in one area, with housing, with jobs, with uh, all sorts of discrimination, all sorts of oppression, and all sorts of uh, unfairness. So aside from what my church was doing, I needed more. And I saw that the organizer was, was really in touch with what our community needed from the politicians, from the people in charge. And those organizers from MCU that I experienced really worked to target the people that would make the most uh, effective change in the community. And that's what I was looking for. I was looking for someone hardcore (laughs) who was doing hardcore work. The work our church was doing was, was wonderful work, but we needed to make a change and lift people up, not just to give to people to keep them where they are. And that's what I saw that the organizers of MCU were, were doing. And that's what motivated me to, to be a part of MCU in any capacity and work with the issues that were, that were addressed in my church, as well as the broader issues of the community. Okay, great. It, I almost get the feeling like you had, you've been doing uh, work with individuals for a long time. And, and I almost feel like the, the sense that I'm getting is that you were tired of, of almost seeing the same situations over and over again. And, and your Absolutely. question now was, how do we fix the system instead of keep treading water? 
Yes, absolutely. And actually, that's where I am now. I'm, I'm always seeking. Um, everyone has their their passion of how and what and 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 when they want to get involved in in issues that they're passionate with. I'm like that too. But then after a while, when I see that we're just still, uh, as if I can use your phrase, treading water, and we're not getting a lot of movement, but this the opposition are gaining ground more and more, and we're losing ground more and more, then I'm always looking to push, push back and 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 move and move a little harder, push a little harder, because that's what we're going to get. I mean, that's the only way we'll get anything done. And I mean, push by meaning using our voices, using our, our politicians that we vote to put in office. They work for us. We don't work for them. So, so yes, I'm always looking to, to push the envelope. Okay, great. So what's, what's been your most memorable, uh, action or activity that you've participated in with MCU? What kind of sticks out for you? You know, what really sticks out to me is, and, and this is across the board, but when I, when I first got uh, introduced with MCU and the organizers, the organizers were just really powerful people to me. They really got to know our congregation. They really got to really... Uh, dive into the issues that our congregation was concerned about in our immediate uh, church community and how hard they worked in order to move us. And, and all of us weren't, uh, the congregation weren't always moving in the same direction. I was a, one of the people that wanted to kind of go hard on, on our politicians. Once we, because we had been dealing with them for years, and we had other people in our congregation who didn't want to do it that way because some of the politicians were actually members of our church. So the organizer had a very hard line in order to figure out, well, how can I satisfy both groups? You know, so I really admired them and worked with them as much as I could. And I think they had a tremendous, tremendously hard job. And I think that everyone that I've been exposed to in MCU, every organizer, has been just um, a, a, a source of, of inspiration and, and, uh, and just being able to stick to it because that's what they have, stick to itness. <laughs> definitely so, definitely so. Um, so what, what are you currently excited about, about what MCU is doing? Well, um, I, I, I'm, kind of, I'm excited about all of the campaigns, the environmental justice campaign <clears throat> is really great. And I really like the way it's framed because a lot of people think that environmental justice is the air that we breathe and the water that we drink <clears throat> and asthma and lead and those kind of things. But it's much broader than that. So our environmental justice has brought in its housing as well. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, the things that cause the asthma. It's not just the air. Sometimes it's, you know, the stuff that's in our home environment, the lead, you know, in the mini blinds, not just the pipes in the water. So I like that aspect. I also really like the, uh, the, um, Family Partners Program, helping the, the youth that are, that are involved in, in so much of the criminal justice system in some of these school districts. Uh, I think 
our kids are thrust into those way too, way too frivolously when other children are not. Um, and I also like the uh, Break the Pipeline campaign where, you know, we're, we were addressing the MOUs in the different school districts and how the kids under third grade were being, you know, um, put out of school for minor things and these little kids are sitting at home and 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 that was detrimental to the to the child especially and the parents so all of those campaigns have meant a lot to me i'm so um i'm so spread out with my issues and i'm always encouraged by everybody in mcu to rein it in and i'll tell you kevin that is so hard for me because i'm the type of person that when I see any, any unfairness or inequality or in, any injustice, then I, then I need to participate as much as I can to eradicate that, even if it's just sending an email or even if it's just making a phone call. I feel like I have to do something. And I have been affected in so many areas of our life. It's just hard for me to just say, oh, this is the one thing that I'm going to do and nothing else. And I think that's great for those people that can do that. So I just want to close out with, okay, uh, speak to our listeners now. They're they're thinking about becoming involved with MCU or or becoming a sustainer. Give give us that pitch. Why why should our listeners uh, consider joining us in, in uh, supporting MCU? Well, creating positive change in the world can seem overwhelming. And it's difficult to find good information and to know how we can effectively uh, contribute. And you can effectively contribute in so many ways. So I think it's important that people know that this is a place where you can come, MCU, and you can contribute and you can uh, uh, use your voice and you can use your talents and you can use your skills, whatever that may be, they can be used in MCU. Don't forget to purchase your tickets for Dancing in the Streets, the MCU fundraising gala on May 19th. You can find tickets at tinyurl slash MCU gala or find us on Facebook or Instagram for the link. Today, my guest is Jeanette Mott-Oxford, an organizer and lead campaign strategist for MCU. So let's turn to uh, your work here at MCU right now. Um, like you said, you, you've joined this past year. Uh, tell us about your role and, and what are your goals and what you're doing? Sure. Well, um, I work with all of our, our teams um, to, to look for uh, what kind of policy victories we might pursue um, given what we are hearing uh, from, from personally impacted people. So uh, our environmental justice team uh, has been doing door-to-door canvassing where, where they listen to folks and are discovering that, you know, there are some kind of common themes uh, around issues like air quality, uh, illegal dumping, uh, vacant properties that are dangerous and that harm the health of neighborhoods. Uh, and then we have the Break the Pipeline team that's been working with, with uh, parents and, and families where a juvenile has uh, interacted with the criminal justice system in some way. And um, they're you know, training folks in, in how to do participatory defense uh, with, with their, their kids. And, and they're working to, to build a court system that, that takes brain science into account around what's different about juveniles' brains and adult brains and how do we get good out- outcomes with kids and help them change, change their lives? How do we heal 
the trauma that's uh, been there for so many children uh, so that futures can be better. Um, so those folks are working. And then we have this integrated voter engagement team that's, that's working on uh, how do we uh, get people to take their responsibility in democracy seriously so that instead of being infrequent voters, they become informed and frequent voters. So we have all of that going on. So I'm a resource to all of those teams around, uh, you know, how, how do we choose an issue that can be one? Are the, are the conditions right just now for us to get somewhere with this? How much power do we need to build before, before we can move this forward? Who are the right targets uh, on this issue? Uh, you know, we were looking at an issue yesterday with the Break the Pipeline team. And uh, suddenly I realized that they were talking about a state funded program, even though it's, it's it's a county program. So I was wanting to go see the county council about it. And then it was like, oh, the money comes from the, the General Assembly. Well, that changes things, you know. Right. So uh, I, I help people figure out um, what we, what you call the power analysis. Who is it that we have to touch and how do we have to touch them if we're going to get something done about it? Uh, and I, I certainly can't make all that happen. I just help people analyze it a bit and then. Um, you know, work work with our organizers uh, to uh, get information to our leaders and to recruit more leaders in, uh, in order to, um, to to build the necessary power that we need to have victories on these things that can improve the quality of our lives. So that's a lot of what I've been doing. Uh, I've been helping resource a series of in district meetings with elected officials uh, to train people to to go have those in district meetings, and then. Now I'm gathering the, the, the data from those meetings. What did the, the elected officials tell you? What did they tell you were the real opportunities and threats that are coming up in the next year? Uh, where, where, where might we uh, expend resources? What are their, the, those elected officials' priorities? What are they going to try to win? Do any of those align with our priorities? Uh, telling us that, oh, well, here's a place we may find some support in the legislature should we want to elevate this, this issue uh, at this time. Uh, and then we'll be having an issues summit about uh, about you know the data from those in district meetings, and uh, because there are these things called elections where where the the personnel change, uh, this won't be the only issue summit we ever have. We'll we'll have to continue to have in district meetings and uh, gather information, build relationships with elected officials, uh, and move forward to um, adjust the times and, uh, and and changes that are out there uh, in the political landscape. So. It, it's easy to get overwhelmed with all the issues that we're, we're trying to make progress on. What gives you hope? What motivates you? What keeps you engaged? Well, strangely enough, what gives me hope is the fact that where there is no justice, there will be no peace. Uh, and that I've, I've seen that time and time again. And um, uh, the, the fact that, that, uh, uh, that some people do continue to, to, to invest in the struggle uh, gives me hope. Um, I, uh, I'm a student, uh, you know, of, of history and of, of places where, where struggle mattered. Uh, I often say on days where I'm tempted to be an atheist, um, I think about uh, the marchers on the Edmund Pettus Bridge and whatever the power was that gave them the courage to march across that bridge. That's what I believe in. Uh, so um, I, uh, what gives me hope is remembering the courage of people that have gone before me. Uh, who have um, fought to make the world a better place, uh, and and the people that I meet that that tell me their stories. Uh, um, my my life is full of folks with whom I have witnessed a personal transformation. You know, people who lived in domestic violence who got out, people who lived in addiction and got out, uh, people who um, were crushed by childhood abuse 
and thought that they um, they had no right to uh, to be visible in our world, basically, uh, who who found their voice and found their power and are doing amazing work to change our world. And I'm just so blessed by those relationships. So that's what gives me hope. What's your favorite thing about working in MCU? Um, and then translate that to listeners or are thinking about uh, becoming involved or uh, taking action or becoming a sustainer. Why should they do that? Well, there's two things I like really working about MCU. And, and one is that we have so many people as organizers that really have been impacted by the issues that they're organizing on. And I think it's so important to listen to to those who have uh, experienced, you know, an issue like, you know, say if you're organizing on substandard housing issues and you've lived in substandard housing, you have a kind of expertise that is just very, very valuable. And we, you know, we have folks organizing who've experienced, uh, you know, challenges with the criminal justice system on behalf of their children. We, we have folks who've, who've, whose kids have experienced lead poisoning, um, their expertise as, uh, uh, as personally impacted people is so incredibly uh, value, valued. And then the other thing I like is that people don't roll their eyes when I speak in <laughs> faith language uh, because faith language is important to me. So uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying having, having a chance to, to uh, express my faith um, uh, in, the, in the workplace. That's, uh, that's a, a wonderfully refreshing uh, thing, uh, but I, I love the ability to speak freely about my faith on the job. Don't forget to purchase your tickets for Dancing in the Streets, the MCU fundraising gala on May 19th. You can find tickets at tinyurl slash mcugala or find us on Facebook or Instagram for the link. Today, my guests are Marge and John Asbury, who have partnered with MCU in the past and are currently sustaining contributors. What are some other memorable MCU actions or activities that you've participated in? We did uh, work on the CHIP, you know, the Missouri Child Health Insurance Program. And from the Central Reform Congregation, the Jewish congregation, uh, they had a Dr. Plax part of their, their group or their church or their synagogue. And she pushed real hard on this and we got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did a great job. And uh, then, you know, we got involved in each of the, probably each of the uh, ballot issues and the ballot issues, you know, they included, first of all, getting it on the ballot and going out there and beating the pavement, you know, uh, which we did a lot of. And then actually uh, talking with people and then later calling people and we worked on them all. (laughs) So. I think we did. Most of them did it, try to do our part. Uh, we, uh, as I look back, I saw how many successes we had. We had, uh, you know, a few failures. I, or one, one thing we really first worked on, well, we worked on the CHIP program and then we, and that was passed. Uh, we worked on cap, tried to cap the rate on payday loans to make the rates comparable to the military. And, we worked very hard and in the time we had time constraints and of course we didn't have the money that the payday lawyers had so that was a that was a big disappointment but by and large I, as i look at these um we had success in very many areas yeah. yeah yeah so are there any issues that mcu is working on now that you're excited about that you see 
uh, us working on? Uh, it's definitely the environment. We are very fortunate to have Beth Getzler at, uh, doing that work right now. And because at Our Lady of Sorrows, uh, after reading the Pope Francis's encyclical, Laudato Si, uh, you know, care of the common home, lots of people, you know, we, we've uh, Zoomed with international groups and uh, national groups here. I, I really got a shot in the arm where on the international or even the national, even though it was written by Pope, you know, Catholic, it is taken up by lots of other folks, denominations, people who are powerful people in other denominations. And that is so good. And I guess one of our intent overall is to make a difference in our archdiocese, to bring it to the attention of the archdiocese. And, uh, you know, we're gradually getting there. And uh, just, yeah, that's, that's and Beth, Beth Gutzler, as John said, is really uh, the organizer, is really helping us lead the way and moving us forward. So, like I said, we appreciate those organizers. And I know everybody in our group is extremely grateful for their leadership. And MCU is, uh, from, we learned from the very beginning from training that it's about organized people and organized money. And so uh, uh, we have always participated, like John said, in the ad book or resource guide or jamming for justice uh, uh, because, you know, well, that, that's one way, you know, we can help and keep keep our organizers and keep our organizations, so. Don't forget to purchase your tickets for Dancing in the Streets, the MCU fundraising gala on May 19th. You can find tickets at tinyurl slash mcugala or find us on Facebook or Instagram for the link. Today, my guest is Alan Harrisdahl, a member with MCU's Legislative Task Force. Tell us, how did you learn about MCU and, and why did you decide to actively participate and, and why MCU? Because there's a lot of different places you can plug in out there. Yeah, there certainly are. Um, so I've known about MCU for probably about a decade now. Um, I, I don't actually remember how I first learned of MCU. Um, it was probably connected with uh, the the effort to cap the rates on payday loans and to raise the minimum wage that were happening around that time about 10 years ago. And then my first time really getting involved was about six and a half years ago when MCU did a series of sacred conversations on race throughout different congregations here. Uh, my congregation, St. Louis Mennonite Fellowship, participated. Uh, and so I went through it with them. And I was also a facilitator for another congregation. Faith's always been really important to me. And so MCU was a, a good place to, to explore that, um, both in the conversations back a few years ago and, and then as I was looking for a place to plug in after the 2020 election, um, I really wanted to to keep the momentum going um, that I had found working on the No on Three campaign. But since that issue was over, I needed a new outlet, and um, I saw 
something on Twitter about getting connected with MCU. And so I uh, responded to that and uh, yeah, ended up talking with Latricia Gandy, one of the organizers on staff. And when she mentioned the legislative task force, I realized, yeah, that, that is a great fit. I I'm interested in politics. I want to learn more about the state legislature and how it operates. And I want to see us do more in Missouri that helps real people rather than politicians or lobbyists or people who already have plenty of money and plenty of power. Up to this point in your activities with MCU, what's been sort of your most memorable action or activity that you've participated in? What happened and why does that stick out for you? One that happened um, this year was the uh, the leadership training that I was able to go through. Um, so MCU is a uh, uh, partners with an organization called the, the Gamaliel Network, and they do leadership training for some of those those partner organizations that, that MCU happens to, to be. And so I went through a, a week-long training with them, and kind of like the, the Sacred Conversations on Race, this, this week-long training was a chance for me to explore some of the the parts of me that I'm not always very good at at exploring and I learned a lot about myself and how I operate and how I hold back sometimes when I need to step forward and how I step forward sometimes when I need to hold back um, but that was that was fantastic and then the the other event that stands out is, putting together a, a legislative wrap-up session uh, that looked at the 2021 state legislature and, and what happened. Uh, it was a good chance to, to look at some of the, the good things that happened. I, I'm, I often find myself really frustrated with what happens in Jeff City because I don't think that the people who are making decisions there do a great job of, of listening to their constituents and and so it can be really frustrating, but in looking back at what was passed and how things did go, you know, there were, there were some wins. We, we finally got to see Raise the Age funded so that it could be implemented. We got to see some criminal justice reform come through that was really needed. But, you know, there were, there were some real wins out of this year, along with some things that I, I wish had not happened Um but, but I really enjoyed being able to take a look at the session and talk through it with some of the other task force members and then present our, our thoughts to the, the folks who were there and get some feedback from them and help us plan for what we're going to do next year. Don't forget to purchase your tickets for Dancing in the Streets, the MCU fundraising gala on May 19th. You can find tickets at tinyurl slash gala or find us on Facebook or Instagram for the link. Today, my guest is Thomas Payton, a volunteer organizer with the Juvenile Justice Task Force. So when did you first become involved with MCU, and, and, and why did you become active with MCU? When I was in the fire department, I, I read a commentary in the American paper, and this young, this young gentleman by the name of Storsky D. Wilson had missed a three-part a three commentary on I guess activism and, and, and how how to find your place in there. You know, I knew some some violent things happened in St. Louis. A couple of kids that got shot at one of the parades. 
And his his commentary kind of lined up with some things that I learned as a kid in one of the community centers I, I attended. So I decided I'm going to start going to this church and, and check them out. I started going. I kept going back to try to prove that what they were talking about was, was, wasn't right. It, it seemed too too genuine to be you know, like, like this, this can't be true. Mm-hmm. Can't be people just loving, this compassion, this caring about society, about community. You know, so I kept going. And I got hooked up with David Gert. And David and I just started having a meeting and just started conversating. And before you know it, David was winding me in. He got me involved with the men's ministry. And next thing you know, we are organizing a campaign against uh, payday lending. We, we were at, at the uh, the opera house to get a petition signed to, to get the initial from ballot to, to, to raise, the, to put a cap on payday lending. From there, it just became like a, <laughs> just like this got drawn in. And, and this is whatever they needed some signatures, I got involved. Whether it's the payday lending or whether it's something else, what, what's sort of your most memorable action uh, with MCU and, and, and what happened in that action? I would say for me, the, the one that I guess most memorable for me was doing the the march. We started at Clayton High School and we ended up at uh, the Family Justice Center. And I gave my testimony there. Mm. That was my second time giving my testimony. But there, I guess it was memorable because a lot of kids there and kids were t- participating. We had built a, a makeshift bus with the boys in it and it said schools, not prisons. Mm-hmm. And these kids were very involved. And I, I saw myself, I thought, I thought about the 10 year old version of myself and what I would have wanted someone to do for me in the instance where I, I thought myself being marginalized because of my color and, and to, to find myself being you know, kind of speaking up for them and being a voice for them and then to get the response I got from them was the most heartwarming and moving experience I've had in my life. So wh- tell me about some of the things you've been working with uh, in the juvenile justice uh, task force uh, in the last few years. I know we've kind of been off and on because of the pandemic, uh, but what are some of the things you've been involved with with juvenile justice task force? Well, uh, I was with St. Louis City in the, well, in the county initially working with, uh, with Morgan Davis working with them as for us trying to give access what we trying to we call a parent parent uh, center, trying to create space for parents to be able to share their, their truth and their, and their story. Uh, got involved with the JDI initiative, which is through uh, uh, Annie Casey Foundation. It's going to a couple of meetings and, and, and sit down, trying to get some changes in out there in the county with, this, with the Justice Center as to how juveniles were being picked up things about adjudication and basically like I said, giving given chances, give chance to sit into the course and that the and, and being a, a uh, I guess a community witness for the for that particular child that the let the judges know that there's somebody supporting this kid and, and just being able to like say give these parents a voice to be able to have agency to speak up about what they're going through from their experience, from their perspective as to what's happened to their child. Because oftentimes they don't get a chance to do that. So is there anything else going on at MCU right now that, that kind of has you excited that you're you're interested in and and just uh, really sort of energizes you? And so I know we, we we started in the city courts doing a know your rights training with the kids. And to my understanding, we've had 26 kids through that program. And we also been having a parent support group. Actually, we have I mean, we have now two parents who were who were initially who kids were involved in the court system who are now part of our juvenile justice task force. And we have two more parents whose kids have been in the system who were coming on boards, ready to speak and talk and get involved. So we build a, we build a connection and we're looking forward to building what is called a participatory defense program 
which gives parents agency to be able to, you know, again, create the narrative for their kids outside with the course create. Allow the kids to tell their story, to write a letter and speak for themselves as to who they are, who they character, what their character is outside of what the courts and the and the the DJOs were saying by by documentation, let them know who who who's really is advocating for them and who's advocating for the courts. So they can have clarity as to where they stand in the system when they go before a judge, who's on their side and who's on the side of, of the state, so to speak. So in the years that you've been active um, in the justice work in MCU, what is, what is something that you can point to that actually has changed or, or where, where we have, have made a difference? Uh, we, we can kind of get caught up in, in, in the long-term things. What are some victories that you like to point to? Raise the age. Even though they're, they're given stagnant, raise the age was, was, was crucial. Raise the age to, to, to 18 from 17 was a child's automatic considered an adult. And even that is too young, too low. There are some states who are trying to get 21, but at least that. Because a 17-year-old should not be in an adult facility, adult prison with grown men. 17-year-old still, I mean, I mean, think about it. When you go to college, you're 23 when you graduate most time. You're still just trying to figure out life. A 17-year-old should not be in, a, in an adult prison. So that was that was very, very crucial for me. Uh, raise the wage. Get Bill got, got on. The clean night, even though this government in, in Missouri undermined the, the, the constituency and, 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 and tricked us into signing a new bill, but getting clean initially on the ballot and getting it passed was, to me, was, it, was, it was phenomenal because I worked my butt off to get signatures for that. And to see that actually pass, like, okay, even, even though they undermined us, that was phenomenal. So knowing that, that, that that's a, to me, I saw that as a threat. I saw that as a potential of how much power we could have. The fact that the U.S., that the Missouri State Legislature did all the work they could to undermine the work we did. They are fearful that if we come together, you know, rural and urban Missouri, black and white Missouri, and, and stand up for morality and what is right, that they will lose their power. And so they had to undermine us by putting this thing and changing the words and, and, and putting fear in people's heart. And so that was, for me, another thing that I think is very impactful because, you know, it passed. It passed by 56% in the state of Missouri. Mm-hmm. So that was something that all Missourians, not just black Missourians, and not just Kansas City and St. Louis, but Missouri wanted. You can connect with and support organizers like these by joining MCU at our Dancing in the Streets fundraising gala on May 19th. Purchase tickets at tinyurl slash gala or find us on Facebook or Instagram for the link. Together, we are creating a better life for all residents of the St. Louis region. Please join us in our work for justice. I'm Kevin Prang, and you've been listening to This Is What Democracy Sounds Like. Tune in again next time, and thank you for listening.